if you're the type of fan who prefers to enter any given season with an optimistic mindset with this team don't do it in the general do it in the specific it's so much healthier good morning to you good monday morning i'm dan kovacevic of dk pittsburgh sports and this is daily shot of pirates comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey i also offer daily shots of steelers and penguins where you found this Red Sox 7, Pirates 4 yesterday in Bradenton. Not too much to report from that one in one direction or the other. Guys who've been hitting well, continue to hit well. Kanan Smith and Ajigba had a double. Travis Swaggerty extended his on-base streak to eight games with a walk. Rodolfo Castro, this is actually kind of a, a, a nice little positive here to be closing out the spring, has a five-game hitting streak in which... He's gone four for eight, and he went deep in this one to boot. That's all healthy stuff. You want to see second base get resolved well before they fly up to Cincinnati. Now, tonight, Rowanzi Contreras has taken the hill. That's out in Lakeland, Florida against him. What I'm sure will be the Tigers' full lineup. That's the way those things go when you got to make long trips, and Lakeland is a long trip. It's one of the longer ones of the spring. And to date... This spring, Rwanzi has made a total of six innings worth of appearances, seven strikeouts, a 3.0 ERA. That stuff doesn't matter all that much. Going back to last season, in which he literally went up and down, meaning started out in the majors, or early on anyway, ended up going back down because of his inning counts, his career inning counts, managing those, finished up. 5-5 five and five with a 3.79 ERA, 86 strikeouts in 95 innings, and a 1.27 whip, that's walks and hits per innings pitched. Really, really good for those of you who are new to that number, and it's a great number, by the way, a great metric to which to judge pitchers is around 1.0. Uh, being at 1.27 is pretty nice for a starter. It's not, it's not awesome. None of these numbers that I just gave you are awesome, and yet... I'm pretty sure we can all agree that Contreras is capable of awesomeness. If you go back to when he was just blowing guys away in AA and then in AAA, he was doing so with 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. He was doing so with wipeout off-speed stuff. The guys at that level, the kids at that level, couldn't touch him, and it made you think a lot of really, really, really great things about Contreras and how he'd project in the majors. He got to the majors. He showed all that stuff. He showed that he could have that stuff translate. What he hadn't been able to show, hadn't yet had an opportunity to show, at least until I thought he came back from the minors last season, was that he could just flat out pitch, that he could just look at that batter, size up that batter who's in the box, and figure out what's the best way to beat him. Now, yeah, the game gets called now somewhat from the dugout, mostly by the catcher, and the pitcher's not really supposed to be doing a whole lot of shaking off, but it it happens, and the pitcher does still have the final word when it comes to what they're throwing. 
And Contreras just looked a whole lot more adult, for lack of a better way to put it. Always kind of a serious dude, not too silly or anything like that. But he just looked like, okay, all right, this is real. I'm here now. I'm just going to pitch. Well, take that and combine it with now, for the first time, he's going to function without any real leash. And if you want to know what that means to a pitcher, I had a discussion in Bradenton a couple of weeks ago with JT Brubaker, who a lot of people forget. Back in 2019, when he was forced to miss that season due to injury and was actually kind of lucky to avoid surgery, the recipe for his recovery was to just manage the innings. So he came back the year after that and was able to just get a few innings in. The year after that, he was able to escalate a few more innings. Then COVID hits, and then everything gets thrown out of whack for everybody. Last year was really the first time, and JT can find even arguments to say that even last year it wasn't the case, but that he could just go and pitch and not worry about anything, not have it back in the recesses of his mind. They're going to take me out after the fifth, or maybe I shouldn't be throwing 7,000 miles an hour or whatever the case is. You just go out there and just let it loose. I feel if we can get a combination of Rwanzi that has that poise, the smarts that we saw later in the season, in the 2022 season, and on top of that, that electric, let it fly stuff that we saw in the minors and when he first came up to the majors, yeah, that, that is a piece of a reason to get excited. Do you see what I'm saying where the difference is? Look at the individual pieces and how many of them can escalate. The more of those that can happen, the better your team's chances. And Rwanzi might have as much of that as a pitcher, as O'Neill Cruz does as a hitter. No lie. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Ken, who says, We often hear that a team needs a veteran catcher to handle the young staff, but with every pitch being called from the bench, is that still that big of an issue? Catchers are so limited at mound visits now, too, so how much can they really help a young pitcher while in the field? Well, I'm glad you added that last phrase, Ken, the while in the field, because most of the catcher's work with the pitcher does come before the game. They go into a room at PNC Park. It's a kind of a smallish room that's aside across a hallway from the clubhouse. They're in there with the pitching coach, with the main pitching coach, with Oscar Marine. 
and they will dig in on matchups. They will dig in on how the pitcher is feeling, uh, what he thinks about what he's got. And even then, they're not going to know much about the latter until he goes out for warm-ups. And of course, every pitcher will tell you that it doesn't matter how they feel in warm-ups. There are games where they feel awesome in warm-ups and stink in the game and vice versa. So that's the first point I'd make. The second is, I think you're underestimating here, respectfully, the extent to which the catcher remains involved in this process. Uh, yes, the bench is involved. The Pirates have what's called a game planning coach. That's Radley Haddad. That's obviously kind of a new thing. He's the first game planning coach in the franchise's 137-year history. And that's a big, big part of what he does. He's looking to find ways to scheme around specific hitters. He's finding ways uh, to defend specific hitters. And all of that works in concert with outfield coach, infield coach, uh, the bench coach. Don Kelly's very much involved in this stuff. And then ultimately, of course, everything works its way up to Derek Shelton when it comes to the field level. But when you see the catcher, Putting down signals. I'm here to tell you, it's the catcher doing that. The catcher is calling the game. The game planning coach doesn't do that. There is communication going on. There are things that get exchanged. But the catcher is the one saying fastball. The catcher is the one saying slider. The catcher is the one moving his feet or moving his glove in a certain way. The catcher is the one who has different ways to send a message to the pitcher, either calm down, step off. And you know what I'm talking about, that times when you see the catcher turn his glove uh, so that it's facing down and uses his other hand in the same motion and just says, hey, dude, settle, settle, okay? I can tell you this, that after uh, every game in which I asked a starting pitcher, about how he worked in terms of game calling or pitch selection or anything like that, 100% of them referred only to the catcher and by name. So don't presume that they're not part of that. They, they actually, if you go historically here, the catchers are now, I think, a bigger part of that process than they've ever been. And the reason I say that is because of the not shaking off, something I referenced in the opening segment. They really, really, coaches don't want a pitcher to do a whole lot of shaking off. And now, of course, with the pitch clock, you really can't. As such, the pitcher needs to commit mentally to whatever the catcher's putting down, and he needs to do so in a hurry. And as such, I guess if you think about it, that only raises the importance of the catcher and the pitch calling in the process. I appreciate the question. Good one. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Uh, today, all week long, we'll be back with another one on Monday. And before long, guess what? Right, Cincinnati. Cincinnati.